Hey, give it up for what God's doing this morning, man. Come on. Hey, welcome to Mercy Road. If you are friends and family of this church, we thank you for being here, your continued persistence. If you are a first-time guest, we want to say thank you for being here as well. We praise God for you, and I mean that in the most sincere way. Uh, we, are, we, we say this thing. We say we're a hospital for sinners not a museum for saints. And it's not just some cute little tag. Like if you walked in and somebody was looking at you and you like, that's why I don't go to church. Look, look, that's not us here. We genuinely believe that there's nobody too far away from God to be discipled into a, uh, excuse me, discipled into a passionate relationship with Jesus. And we mean that because that's who we are. Like a lot of us walked in these doors or other doors on that Easter Sunday where you like, I'm going because my mama made me, my girl made me, my daddy made me, wherever I came from, I'm coming because of somebody else and I really don't want to be here. I'm asking you to just be in the room with me. I praise God for you. So let's give it up for everybody who's in here. Let's do that. Let's give it up for those who are online as well. We care about you just as much. We, we thank you for being online. And then also, hey, um, just as we're doing this, remember this one thing, man. Our pastor, Pastor Josh, who hasn't missed an Easter in 14 years, at the last minute had to, had to say he can't go, right? And so I, would, I just want to say thank you, Josh, for even considering me. And we are praying for you, buddy, to get, like, we want you to get, you're our leader, bro, so we need you back. Amen, amen, right? Um, but also... Give me grace, right? Because normally, if anybody knows me, it takes, I got this whiteboard, right? I got this whiteboard, and I'll be like all over the whiteboard with my sermon, and it takes about a week, and I had like less than 24 hours, and the game was on last night, right? I'm just going, I'm just being real. I'm just being real, right? No, yes, the sermon's more important than the game, but the game was on. It was like, it was a buzzer beater, right? So I was like, God, let me just see this, the shot, and I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. Okay, finish my sermon, right? No, no. And so um, give me grace in this. What I'm finding out more than ever right now is that there is nothing better than him. What I'm finding out this morning is that Jesus does the impossible and he does it through us, man. So like I'm excited about this. I'm trying to be a little calm to save my voice, but it's not going to work because I'm so excited. So, hey, let's bow our heads and pray and let's get into the scriptures. Heavenly Father, we thank you because there is nothing better than you, Father. And because you do the impossible, the same way you moved me out the way this morning with the first service, Father, move me out the way right now. We know there are hearts who are in here who don't know your son, who don't believe the gospel of your son, Jesus Christ, Father. And may we be excited for your word. May we be excited to get started. Father, and just hear what you have to say to us on this beautiful Easter morning. It's in your precious son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Hey, I do this thing to make sure the energy's in the room. It could be a whole lot of places right now. Normally, I say, good morning, mercy, and say, good morning, Rashad, but I'm going to say, he is risen, mercy, and you say, he is risen, Rashad, all right? He is risen, mercy. Y'all got to be better than that because the first service was a little lighter than this and they was louder than you. I need, here's the thing. If we got people in here who don't believe in Jesus and, and, and we're not even excited about Jesus, then why are they going to get excited about Jesus, right? So look, he is risen, mercy. He is risen, Rashad. Ah, there we go. There you here. All right. So check this out, y'all. Um, anybody had this situation where you go into the, 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 the kitchen and you open the refrigerator. Well, it's refrigerator, but I call it the refrigerator. Anybody call it the refrigerator? Yeah. Refrigerator right here. All right, all my refrigerator people. You open the refrigerator and you look in and somebody then ate the leftovers or what you thought was in there was not there, right? 
right? Like you're hungry, you got, a, you got a problem and you need a solution to your hunger. And so you open the refrigerator and you look and what you thought was in there from last night, like the wife that took it, the daughter that took it, it's not there, right? And so you close the refrigerator and what do you do? You take like a lap around the house, right? <laughs> take a lap around the house and you come back to the refrigerator, right? And for whatever reason, that lap is gonna change what's in that refrigerator, right? And you open the refrigerator and you look, but it's still empty, right? It's still empty. So, so this is what happens. Like, you be looking for a solution to your situation in the same empty source, right? That, are y'all hearing me this morning? You are looking for a solution to your situation in the same empty source. You could take a lap around the house, around the block, around the city. When you come back, that refrigerator is going to be empty. And so I'm asking you this morning, why do we look for the living among the dead? Why do we look for the living among the dead? Isn't insanity like defined as doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, and we keep opening that refrigerator and looking and it's dead, and opening the refrigerator and looking and it's dead, and the things that you need, the things you're looking for, that peace that surpasses all understanding, the life that's supposed to be more abundant, you keep looking in the same dead refrigerator for life. And so this text that we're going to be in, this is what we're asking this morning. Why do we seek the living among the dead? Who was here on Good Friday? Who was here on Good Friday? Didn't God show up at Good Friday? Amen. Check this out, y'all. We, this is what we talked about. We said, Good Friday's not good if Christ died and you didn't, right? Good Friday's not good if Christ died and you didn't. But here's the thing. What was supposed to die about you? The old things are supposed to pass away. What are those things? It's your biases, your prejudices, it's your bad habits. It's the dead things that were supposed to pass away. So if you stay in the grave with the dead things, then I'm not sure if you were necessarily dying with Christ because you're supposed to raise with Christ as well, right? So tell me something, like, if the old things are supposed to pass away, why do we go back to the tomb trying to resurrect the old things? Some of us is laying down in the tomb with the old things, wondering why we don't experience life. And that's what I want to talk about today when we're dealing with this text. We're going to be in Luke 24. Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. But let me, let me build the story up a little bit here. So, so remember, on Good Friday, Christ on the cross, crucified. There were some women who would have followed him from Galilee. And when they followed him from Galilee, they followed him all the way to the cross. They saw him die. They saw him crucified. They saw this man named Joseph and this other man named Nicodemus take him off the cross so that they could bury him in a tomb. The, the, the guys would have rolled the tombstone away and placed him in the tomb after wrapping him with some wrappings. And the women saw that, so they went away. And I guess they was like, yeah, the man didn't do it the way we would have done it, so we're going to come back and do it again, right? And here's the thing. And so it says that they prepared... They prepared some spices. And so in verse, uh, excuse me, in verse 1 of chapter 24, it says this. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they, the women, came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. We're going to call them the Spice Girls, right? Spice Girls. <laughs> Check this out. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. The spices, culturally, were meant to make the outside smell better because the, they didn't do the embalming. So this body would have decomposed over time. And so the spices would make the, the body smell better. And it was just like a, a, a sign of respect, right? And they were expecting to, there to be a dead body there, a dead situation. And so what they were doing is they were making dead preparations for a dead presentation. 
Listen to me, y'all. They were making dead preparations with their spices to bring it so that they can make a dead presentation, make a dead thing smell better. Isn't that us sometimes? Isn't that us sometimes? I mean, let's just talk about Easter. Some people, I know there's some people in here right now. It's not Easter, Rashad. It's Resurrection Sunday. Okay, cool. I got you because the pagan holiday, Yoster and Ishtar and all these things. Here's the thing. You can call it what you want. Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. If it's a dead presentation because the, 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 the risen Jesus is not here, it's dead anyway. Right? With our Easter clothes and stuff. Y'all, like, don't we, like, anybody had that home? Like, this is my mama. This is, this is my mother right here. She's like, Rashad, we got to go. This is two weeks early before Easter. We got to go get you an Easter outfit. I'm like, Why? <laughs> Like, why? It's just another Sunday. No, no, we got to be on our best. We got to look. We got to prepare so that we look a certain part so that when we walk in that church, we look good on the outside, even if we're dead on the inside. Many of us are making dead preparations for a dead presentation. You walk into a church on a Sunday morning and you want to look at those who are scared to be here and judge them by what they look like on the outside, not realizing that they look better on the inside than you do. You want to dress up for Jesus, but don't want Jesus to dress you up on the inside. Oh yeah, we going somewhere, right? And, and so, and so we make these dead preparations for a dead presentation. It's the resume versus the background check. Let me come in here and put the face on for all of you. Well, look, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you straight up. This morning, I am jacked up. (laughs) I am jacked up. I stand here before you as a sinner who was saved by the risen Jesus. I shouldn't even be up here allowed to preach to you, but because God chose to use me, but because God changed my background, but because God has done something inside of me. No matter what I look like to you on the outside, he's doing something on the inside because this isn't a dead presentation, right? I'm not trying to look good for y'all. I'm sorry. In fact, the only reason, she's going to get me for this, but the only reason I got this on is because my wife said I look good in it. Right. She, look, Maggie, she said I look good, so I said, well, I'm wearing that. Right? Other than that, I would have had a hoodie on. Y'all know me. It's kind of hot. Maybe not, but hey, whatever. So check this out. So the Spice Girl, uh, I shouldn't say that, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices, which they had prepared. And look at this. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of Jesus. So check this out. Here's my next point. Dead plans lead to dead places. You see, these women, they had put in their mind that they was going to go to the tomb and that they was going to take their dead preparations to make a dead presentation to make the body that was decomposed smell better. And the plan was to go there and roll the stone away that was too big for somebody to roll, too big for the women, like, like too big for the women to roll. And it probably took more than just those two. This is a tombstone. This thing is huge, right? Like you, you got muscles, but you couldn't even do it by yourself, right? Right? And so look at this. They had a dead plan from the get-go. Because they weren't like, it says in Matthew that as they were walking, they were like, what are we going to do about the stone, <laughs> right? Like, how are we going to, it was a dead plan from the get-go. And dead plans lead you to dead places. Now, some of us have dead plans. Us trying to do something without God. See, that tomb is not going to roll away without God telling it to move, right? And some of us is trying to get things to move without God. It's a dead plan in the first place. But look at this, y'all. When they get there, it's already rolled away. Now, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. If Jesus later on in the story, when the disciples have locked the door, are sitting inside, and he walks through a wall, walks through a door, and shows up, and he's like, I'm here. Stick your your finger through my hand like it's really me. All right, tell me something. Why did he need that stone rolled away? See, (laughs) listen, y'all, listen. 
The stone wasn't rolled away for Jesus to get out. The stone was rolled away for you to get in and see that there's nothing in the dead places. Let me, let me, let me get to you again. God will roll away the stone so that you can go in the dead place and see that it's empty. Y'all not feeling it? Come on. God will roll away the stone so that you can go into the dead place and see that it's empty. See, the dead plans lead to the dead places. I used to think that the plan to find life, to find peace, was a bottle. The bottle led me to the bar. I used to think that the peace and the life that I would find was in sexual pleasure, but the pleasure led to the porn. I used to think that it would be in the materials, but instead of choosing Jesus, I chose J.D. Byrider. And y'all been to a place called Broke? <laughs> yeah, that's a dead place right there, a place called Broke. J.D. got me. I should have went to Jesus. What I'm saying is many of you in this room have made some dead plans to lead to dead places. And here's the saddest part, y'all. They failed you before, and you keep going back. In fact, their expectation was that there was going to be something dead there. So they were trying to visit, sis. They, they was trying to visit the dead thing, the dead place, looking for something that was going to console them, comfort them. Give them. No, 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 no. This is what we're doing. When we look at that bottle, and we want to drink that bottle, and we think it's going to bring us peace, that's death. When we go to that website and we watch that porn thinking it's going to bring us fulfillment. No, that's death. Peace is shalom. Peace is whole. And you're looking at all these dead things trying to find life. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do we seek the living among the dead? The Bible says this, y'all. The Bible says that when they got there, they entered. They did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. They were perplexed about this. Behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the man said to them, why do you seek the living one among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee saying that the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and, and the third day rise again. They basically taught the gospel right there. See, they looked at it. You know, do y'all you, do remember? Do you remember that time you walked into church for the first time? Maybe it was an Easter. Maybe it was a Christmas. Maybe it's just a random Sunday. And somebody told you, hey, don't feel bad. Nobody here can look down on you because everybody in this room is a sinner. Everybody has a problem. Everybody needs a solution, and that solution is Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something for you, because he loved you, he had to be delivered over to sinful man, and he had to be crucified, and he had to raise, rise from the grave for you so that you could have everlasting life. Do y'all remember that? Do y'all remember the gospel? But see, this is what happens. When you don't understand, you don't see correctly. Dead perceptions lead to dead perspectives. See, perception is understanding. If you don't understand that, then the way you see the world is a dead perspective. See, you, 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 the Bible tells you that peace is in Jesus. But if you don't understand that, what happens is you go looking in all these other places for peace that the Bible tells you is in Jesus. And so this is what, this is what happened to them. They, they didn't understand what he said back then. So their perception was dead, and it led to a dead perspective. See, back in Galilee, he had already said, this had to happen. Why? Because I love you. This had to happen. You think the cross, you think the cross made him, you think the nails made Jesus stay on the cross? It was your needs. 
Your needs kept Jesus on the cross. He had to die so that you could have life. He had to be raised up because the grave couldn't hold him. And he says, if you just would have understood this, you would have saw the whole situation differently. You see, they thought Jesus was defeated. When they came from Galilee screaming, Hosanna, when they came, King of Kings, they thought something was going to happen right then and there. So when they're looking at the cross, at the Lord, at the King on the cross, and it looks like it's defeat because they didn't understand that he had to be crucified. Their perception was dead, so their perspective was dead. He isn't risen. He's dead. And so when it got to taking him and putting him in the tomb, they really thought he was dead. I mean, he really was dead. Don't get me wrong. He was dead. But they didn't know he was going to come back three days later, right? Because, because their understanding was dead. So their perspective of the situation is dead. Some of you are in some situations right now that you think are dead situations. You think your marriage is dead because you don't realize that it was God who brought y'all together. And so you try to figure out how to keep the marriage together, how to make it. He says, just surrender it to me. That's mommy. That's mommy. I put that together. It's perfect. You talk about irreconcilable differences. No, no, no. That's you not believing in what the Bible says about God bringing you together. And that he'll let no man, including you who are in the marriage, separate what he's brought together. If you believe that, then you put that on God. You say, God, this is your marriage. It's supposed to glorify you. And some of you are in dead situations. I'm, I've been in some dead situations. Just yesterday, when Josh said, hey, man, I need you to go, I was like, man, I can't do a sermon in a day. See, that's a dead perspective, as if God needs my sermon prep. God, like, bro, you, you really think you cute, huh? <laughs> you really think that whiteboard is really, it's my power that moves in you. You're just the vessel I choose to use. I can sit you down and use Greg and use Kathy and use my, I can use whatever I want. I can use a stone to preach the gospel. I'm choosing to use you. You better get up. You better get up, right? And so what happens is this. What happens is this. They hear that gospel, and this is where it all changes because, because the dead comes to life through the living word, right? The living word, you know, that's Jesus, right? Like when it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, right? The living word, Jesus, look at this. And so, verse 8, and they remembered his words. That, that changed everything. The moment they remembered his word, he did say that. And, and, and he was delivered over just like he said. He was crucified just like he said. So surely he is going to be risen just like he said, right? And when that happens, boy, when Jesus conquered the grave, some stuff happened. When Jesus conquered the grave, some stuff happened. First and foremost, messengers, angels became men. What does that mean? Messengers became, yeah, yeah. See, those two men that were sitting there that said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Yeah, those were angels. But now they're looking like men, and they, they would have been glowing or were like, oh, right? Like, they would have been glowing or whatever, but they, were, they, they, they seemed like men. And the messengers became men because you can't stay up in heaven. You got to come down here and tell people about the good news. He's risen, right? And when Jesus conquered the grave, look at this. The women became witnesses. Check this out, y'all. Girl power, right? Ah, look at that, look at that, look at that. Look at this, look at this. It says, and they, they who, the women, remembered his words, verse 9, and returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the 11 and to all the rest. Now, who were they? They were the Spice Girls, Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, also other women. And with them, they were telling these things to the apostles. You mean women? Had to, go, had to go witness to the pillars of the church? Yeah, I'm messing with somebody. Theology right there, ain't I? But look at this, verse 11. But these words, 
These words, what words? That he is not there. He is he's risen. Remember how he spoke to us in Galilee, saying that he had to be delivered, saying that he had to be crucified, saying that he had to rise. Those words appear to them as nonsense, babble, and they would not believe them. It's crazy. The women became the witnesses, and the disciples became the doubters. Whoa. But then look at this. Peter, though. Oh, I love me some Peter. Peter got up and ran to the tomb. In the John account, John gives the same account, but John says he ran with him. And then John, a little cocky, John's like, and I beat him to the tomb, right? <laughs> I didn't just run with him. I was faster. I'm the one he loves because I, I run a 4240. Anyway, check this out. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only. And when he went away to his home, he was marveling at what happened. So look at this. When Jesus conquered the grave, the wrappings, the linen wrappings became words. Y'all see that? He runs. That's my run, y'all, right? <laughs> and he peeks in the tomb, enters in the tomb, and all he sees is wrappings. And the wrappings spoke to him. You know what they said? He's not here. He is risen. When Jesus conquered the grave, even the wrappings became words. When Jesus conquered the grave, the blind started seeing. When Jesus conquered the grave, the hurt became healed. I know you lonely, but when Jesus conquered the grave, the lonely became the loved. The lost became the found, and the dead became alive. Do you hear me this morning? Do you hear me this morning? And I'm here to testify to that because I know how it feels for you who are in this room saying mumbo, jumbo, blah, blah, blah. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you knew my background as a man who cheated on his wife, a man who had nothing to do with his daughter for five, for the, her first five years, she just turned 18 yesterday. For the, I missed the first five years of her life because I was dead looking for life and peace and all these things and everything else but what God had already given me. This is my story. I'm up here preaching not because I'm trying to entertain you. I'm trying to equip and edify you. I'm trying to give you truth so that you can move from your feelings to the facts. You see, if you go, if you go, if you look at those women, see, when they saw him on the cross, they was moved by feelings. They ignored the facts. They didn't remember the words because the feelings were like he's dead, he's lost, he's defeated. But the facts were that he said he would rise again. You see, what happens on Easter is this, y'all. A lot of people come into these churches all over, and sometimes there's an accidental feeling manipulation. We get to teach in, and we get tears in our voice because we really believe it, but we don't realize people are responding according to their feelings. Look, I'm trying to give you facts. I want it to move from the head to the heart. Not from the heart to your hands first. From the head to the heart, then from the heart. I want you to believe in life. I want you to just think about this for yourself. Just think. What in your life have you revisited over and over and over and over again looking for shalom, looking for wholeness, and it has failed you. I don't care if you're 40 or if you're 14. What has failed you over and over and over? What has let you down? What can be taken away? Why would you look for life in something that can be taken away? Jesus died so you could have life and life more abundantly, life that never dies. But you keep putting life into these things or thinking that there's life in these things that will let you down every time. 
I'm not saying that it's not nice to have a good job, but that job will fail you when COVID comes and you get laid off. I'm not saying don't be happy about your stimulus check. I'm just saying that's going to go away too, right? Eventually you're going to spend that. I'm not saying don't, don't, don't go to that vacation. I'm just saying that's not where life is at. I'm not saying the house, the car, your education, all these things you put life in that in comparison to Jesus are dead. Why? Because they can be taken from you. Why are you looking for life among the dead? Why would you put your trust and your faith and your hope and your satisfaction in anything that this evil world could take from you? Because it will take everything. It'll take your health. It'll take your son. It'll take your mama. It'll take your marriage. It'll move you from the rich to the poor. It will destroy everything if you put life into it, if you think that's where life is. And so this morning, that's all I want to talk to you about. That's all I'm asking you to make a decision about is to stop looking for the living among the dead and start looking for the living where life is. Jesus. Jesus. Crucified, buried, resurrected. He changed everything when he conquered the grave. The worst that this world can do to me is kill me. And he conquered that. So then I can look like Paul and say, oh, death, where's your victory, bro? Oh, death, where's your sting? The worst you can do to me is kill me. And the one I put my life in conquered the grave. You can't win. It's a fixed fight. So as we get ready to close out, I'm going to do something here that I don't normally do. But I'm doing it because I think we've had enough of a conversation this morning that you know the facts. You see, they start with you. Just think about the facts of your own life. You may not understand everything I'm saying, but just think about the facts of your own life. What's failing you right now that you thought was going to give you life? You know how it is. If I just get this job, right, then seven months later, you hate your job, (laughs) right? If I just have this child, and then I'm like, oh, I can't wait for her to walk and talk, then I'm like, shut up, sit down, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like, 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 like you put all of your hope in these things that change and, and die. Jesus says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I don't move. I don't change. I am a firm foundation, king of kings, lord of lords. There is nothing that can conquer me. And if you are in me, there's nothing that can conquer you. So this is what I want you to do. I want everybody to stand up. Everybody stand up real quick. I want you to think about this. We're not trying to manipulate you for nothing. The Bible says that the harvest is plenty. So we ain't got to manufacture nothing on Easter morning. We believe this. I believe this. My life is proof of this, and there's many in this room who would say the same thing. This is what I want you to do as the music starts to play, right? I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. Here's the thing. You see, salvation, (laughs) Jesus made it so simple. Everything that we needed to be done, to meet the standard, Jesus met it. And then he went to the cross on Good Friday, and God looked at him and saw you. Saw you. 
So all of you. And said, that doesn't meet my standard. And the wage of sin is death, wrath. And he poured it out on his son because he saw you. Because he loved you so much that even as you were his enemy, he poured his wrath out on his son for you so that he could be in a right relationship with you. And so he says in the Bible that if anyone believes in Jesus as Lord, calls on the name of the Lord, that he will be delivered from that wrath because it's already been poured out on Jesus. And when you stand before God, your creator, he won't see you. He'll see his son. The only way I was able to stand up here before you this morning is because I kept praying, Father, let them see you and not me. Let them, let them see your son. Let them hear the words of your son and not me. So take a moment and let, let the facts speak to your heart. Process the facts of all the things that you've placed your trust in, all the things you've placed your faith in, all the things you've placed life in that have failed you time and time and time again. And now I want you to repeat after me. If after processing those facts, you come to a, a conclusion you want to surrender your life, I want you to just repeat this after me. It's, Father God, I'm tired of the dead things. I'm tired of seeking life in the things that are dead. Father, I'm tired of being in control. I surrender. I confess. I agree with you, Father, that the one you raised from the grave is Lord of my life. I am ready to surrender control to him. Father, I believe, I confess that Jesus is Lord, and I believe that you raised him from the grave, Father, showing that he conquered death, showing that he was the Messiah you promised, and I want to place my trust in him and him alone. Father, when I stand before you, I don't want you to see me. I want you to see me in him. And Father, your word, you promised that if I call on the name of the Lord, I will be saved. And so, Father, right now, this morning, I am putting the dead things away and I am calling on the name of Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If you've prayed that prayer with me, please raise your hand so we can see. Please raise your hand so we can see. Please, oh my goodness, please raise your hand so we can see. Yes, Lord. Yeah, give it up for God right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let me tell you something. Open your eyes real quick. Let me tell you something. I can't tell you the amount of hands that went up. And so here it is. Look, we don't want to drop you off on Easter. This is not fake. This is real. I, I, Father, to use me, to use me in this moment when I'm as broken and it's, and it's like, I can't tell you how inadequate I feel right now. And for all those hands to go up, God is moving right now. So you, look, look we're not done. If you, if you want to be baptized, we're ready now. We're ready now. You can come down. We will throw a shirt on you. We will do it right now. But, he, but even if not, we're ready to walk with you. This is a new life. This is where it begins. This is where it begins. So look, if you, seriously, if you want to be baptized, we're ready for you now. And look, 
Look, those clothes you got on, they dead, right? Just go in the water. We'll give you a shirt to put on over it. They dead, right? I want you to have life. I just want you to be obedient, right? So you can come down. You can be baptized. But look, I don't, like I said, I'm not manufacturing nothing. So let's pray. And then here's the thing. If that was you praying that prayer, whether you just started believing today or you've been a believer, then when you hear the songs coming up, let him know it. Like, let it, let the facts just speak to your heart. This is the running to the tomb. This is the being marveled that he is risen. He is risen. He is risen. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you once again, Father. You've done it again. I don't know why I was even doubting in between services. You are amazing. And your son is risen. And Father, that same resurrection power that's in him is in me. Why do I doubt that you wouldn't do what you're doing this morning? Why do I doubt? Why do I look for the life among the dead, Father? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I thank you for the souls that raised their hand, the souls that you pierced, the souls that you touched, Father. And may we as a church step up and not do it the way that other churches. May we step up and say, welcome to the family. We will walk with you. Father, may we come alongside them. And Father, may we continue to be alongside the ones you've already given us. Thank you for entrusting us this morning, Father. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, the risen King. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Let's go.